Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Down Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson and thank you for joining us for what will hopefully be the final installment of Quarantine Edition. There's no easy way to put it, 2020 has sucked. It has been a scary, tiring, and challenging year for most people, and the music industry, especially the local scene here in Vancouver, has been hit hard. When Save on Meats closed its doors in compliance with provincial lockdown protocols back in March of this year, Pacific Sound Radio found itself without a recording space and without a clear direction forward. Thanks to the encouragement of our producer Mark Lingelbach, the show was revived in a quarantine-friendly format, and since April we've had the opportunity to catch up with old friends, feature new guests, shine a light on the issues facing the live music sector, and even host a live stream show in collaboration with LiveX Canada. Before we go any further, we would just like to say thank you so much for supporting this show. We have big plans for the podcast in the new year, and we're optimistic that things will start to improve for arts and culture, not just in Vancouver, but on a national and international level in 2021. This week, we are going to wrap up 2020 with our annual celebration of our favorite local, Canadian, and international releases with the help of our special guest, Justice McClellan. Justice is a musician, producer, and podcaster most well-known as the driving force behind the indie rock group Blue Jay and the post-punk project Mesa Luna. This year, Justice started his own Vancouver music podcast called The Department of Justice, featuring a number of artists that we have featured on the show. His show is also available on most streaming platforms, and we would highly recommend that you check it out. There was plenty of great music to get us through this year, and we had a lot of fun talking about the songs and albums that kept our spirits up. This is the best of 2020. Very happy that we were able to collaborate. I was honestly very excited to hear that you'd started your your own show as well. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's been pretty fun so far. I mean, it was just something to do during uh, during the pandemic, and I wasn't seeing anyone, and I'm you know, a, can be a social creature. So yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Thanks for asking me to come on your show. It's really nice of you. Yeah, man. I thought it would be a, a good opportunity to collab on, on something like this, considering whenever we've done the best of episodes in the past, it's, it's never just been me because frankly, I mean, that's kind of boring. I know what, what music I've enjoyed this year. I want to find out what other people are, are listening to, especially considering you've had a lot of the same guests that I've had on my show as well. So yeah, yeah. but you, you know, you, you've got your own, uh, things that you're doing on your end as well. So I guess, um, the first thing that we wanted to dive into since we're doing best of 2020, in spite of everything yeah. that's been going on, a lot of people have been putting out a lot of great music and we want to go from, I guess, a macro get kind of down to a, uh, the micro local level, starting on the international scale. What, what is your favorite pick from 
the world, <laughs> the world of music? Yeah, um, that was that was a tough call, um, but something that I mean, thanks to the Spotify metrics at the end of the year, it kind of reminded me of uh, how much I listened to Fortet's uh, album called Sixteen Oceans, which uh, he released earlier this year, and. I think just with everything going on, like Fortet's music, it's very organic, it's electronic, it's generally um, more soothing. And I think at the time of with everything happening this year, it, it was just sort of the record that kind of put my mind at ease. And it's something that I would pop on while I was making dinner or um, or just going for a drive or something. And yeah, it was a really nice companion. And Although, you know, there's been many great releases uh, and for the most part, like an electronic album like this, I, I wouldn't have suspected it being like my f perhaps favorite album of the year, but it it made its way there, I think. With Because uh, I'm familiar with Fortet, even though I'm more familiar with other artists kind of a, adjacent to him, a lot of it, I suppose, is just really pleasant soundscapes, I suppose. Yeah, for the most part, uh, at the beginning of this year, too, I was uh, doing an exercise show. I was doing all the music for it. And uh, that was also really inspiring to uh, take some inspiration from that. And something that really gets me excited about Fortet is he's been an established uh, electronic musician for years and years. And he uh, posts his setup online, and it's just a simple laptop, uh, a MIDI controller, and it just makes uh, it just makes it so possible uh, for anyone with a laptop and a MIDI keyboard to, you know, make m meaningful material, and that's something that I find inspiring as well. And what were some of your favorite songs off of that record? Uh, there's one called Harpsichord, and uh, I think a, a big part of the reason I also like this is from a very like nerdy uh, side of things, where I knew some of the software he was using to create this stuff, and it's software that I have myself and have been exploring. So um, there's yeah a song called Harpsichord, which uh, is just an amazing, uh, beautiful, like obviously sampled harpsichord. Uh, and there's another one called Insect near Pia Beach. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're just kind of mellow soundscapes. <laughs> and like I said, something that I wouldn't necessarily always gravitate to as maybe like a year ender. Uh, but all things considered, it was, uh, something peaceful to put on amongst, uh, all the chaos. Absolutely. I was... Uh, I'm going to say I would love to I, – I definitely need to check this one out considering how much of uh, Emancipator I enjoy and Bonobo and it's at least one other oh, yeah. thing. Well, Caribou. I'll, I'll get to Caribou later on in the, in our chat here. I also – with you know kind of the having to find or create a need for calming music, I kind of read it. I personally rediscovered Enya <laughs> this year. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's amazing. Which is just, if you're talking about some of the more relaxing music you could ever ask for. Yeah. Can't think of... I feel like Enya's been making a bit of a, a comeback. I've seen some of my friends uh, posting it as well. 
and yeah, you'll have to recommend uh, an Enya record. Yeah, um, I guess uh, uh, the song, I, the key song I'd recommend as, as the gateway would yeah. be Only Time, which is one of the cooler things about her music is that she's been a recording artist since the 90s, and even her stuff from the 90s sounds so good. It's It sounds like it would have been recorded today just because of the amount of vocal layers and textures. Her stuff is so right. well-produced she barely plays live because she literally can't recreate it live from what I understand. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So it's just kind of a lame, uh, bummer for her not being able to, uh, really bring it to the live stage. I think it, it might be a deliberate thing on her end, but that's kind of cool. And I mean, speaking of production in the nineties though, uh, <laughs> I've also been going back to old familiar, music and uh, i mean i've been listening to oasis nonstop this past year and i think it's just a thing that i fell in love with when i was really young you know like i, I remember downloading uh champagne supernova on like napster when i was probably 11 years old and just being like fuck this is so good but uh anyways my point being in related to anya is some of the production of that era is is pretty wild because it was the pinnacle of studio budgets. So there is something to be said about um, sound quality being like exceptional because there was also more um, budget for like a team. So it wasn't rare to have like the best engineer, the best producer, uh, the craziest studio uh, with all with all the best gear uh, in one place because the budgets were there for it. So I do feel that um, in terms of like sound quality, uh, it's obviously there's different like aesthetic choices um, that have been happening. And, but the it's hard to like get much better than that. Right. And Oasis are kind of a fun example of that because wasn't it, it only took them their third album for their bubble to fully burst burst on that oh, yeah. uh, music history little tidbit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're an incredible band, uh, some songwriting that is like transcended, um, many cultures. I mean, if you're, if you've written a song that like a whole football stadium is singing your song and they don't even speak the language, like, that's pretty fucked up and a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned Champagne Supernova because for me, that's that's probably my favorite Oasis song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many it's a time a, where I've just listened, blasted that on my own headphones just because it's so easy to get lost in that. Yeah, and it's it's fun, man. You know, like, and that's something about this year too. Um as much as I love sad sack indie rock music, like fuck, I just couldn't, I just have wanted to listen to some shit that makes me excited about life. And I find that Oasis can do that for me. Yeah. It's kind of boneheady and like laddish music, but it, it makes me want to have some fun and maybe not like dig too deep in the lyrics about some, like, I don't know, someone's like who lives in like the Appalachian mountains and they're dealing with their like 
you know, pill popping father or whatever, which I get. And I, and I relate to that music heavily, but this year has just been a time where musically I've just, whether it's something a bit more mellow, like Fortet or something a bit more life affirming, like Oasis or, um, you know, just a bit more upbeat music, whatever the verb, I'm on a big Brit pop kick, but yeah. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I haven't been, for example, I haven't been really listening to a lot of metal these days. Not that I, uh, I've grown to dislike it or anything like that, but it's the just trying to like not listen to stuff that's nearly as overtly negative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, just listen to whatever you're feeling like you need. And that sort of uh, just so happened to be the for me right just how it worked out so yeah man what, what about you what's been going on with uh with your international pick what's what's on your radar yeah so my my pick is very interesting and it's actually a pre pre-covid pick this is an album okay. that um this is uh 070 shake the debut record by 070 shake modus vivendi uh she's a new york-based uh, not New York, sorry, New Jersey-based hip-hop artist. This is recommended to me by a former co-worker who's much more in tune to contemporary hip-hop than than me, and I, I just, you know, he recommended it to me. I threw it on my, downloaded it right to my Spotify. I was on the train home from work back when I used to actually work in an office, and I yeah. was just, you know, I was just sitting, sitting, on the, sitting on the train, having my headphones on, and it was just, I'm not sure if you've had this, but just this rare, rare moment where you like you listen to something for the first time, you just have a strong like instant emotional reaction or connection to it, and it just it hit oh, me yeah. like a hit me like a train. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like the train Yeah, quite literally. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's it's kind of a hard record to describe, but I'll try my best to to do it. I loosely call it a hip hop record in the fact that a lot of hip hop beats and there's a lot of auto tuned vocals on it, but yeah. the shakes vocals are manipulated in such a way where they sound like otherworldly. And I didn't even know upon my first listen that shakes a female artist, um, just because of the amount of manipulation on it. But the whole record has this like hypnotic psychedelic mood. There's a lot of room and space that Whoa. is given just to her performance alone and there's 13 producers on the record but the sound is like consistent and immaculate um for me it was just one of the most pleasing like on a uh auditory level one of the most pleasing records to listen to all year and uh, i was really impressed by how creative the synth use was there's a lot of really cool guitar on a number of points on on the album on one song one of the darker songs on the record called the pines, the lyric, the chorus quite literally references that Lead Belly song, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, that Nirvana famously covered, which okay, was a weird, yeah. like, I heard that instantly. I'm like, man, how many how many kids, younger kids that are into hip-hop might not pick up on this, but I hear this, and I'm like, whoa. Um, oh, and wow. Yeah, and it's also got my favorite album cover of the year, too. It's like her face superimposed on, like, a cyborg on like a weird vertical angle. I'm not describing it properly, but I'll probably share, share an image of it. 
Yeah, dude, look it up. Seriously, it's really cool. Like, I want it on vinyl. I want it on a poster. It just. Whew. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's beautiful, man. Yeah. What a what a cool uh, album cover. I love the. Uh, I haven't heard it, but I mean, you just describing it as like psychedelic hip hop is. Uh, you know, I'm going to be listening to this after, after we get off this call and checking this out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, man. And I'm, and I just, I also just want to like give this artist more, more due as well, because I, I, I like to check in with like music blogs and publications and stuff like that. And around this time of year, they're putting out their own like best of the year list. And I found, found this album's just, maybe it's because it came out literally in January, but I found it find well, it to be kind of underrated in a way. I'm like, but people, this album it sounds it's it's perfect. <laughs> but wow, that's just me. Okay. I'm gonna have to give this a go. And that can be the tricky thing about uh, when an artist releases something early in the earlier in the year mm-hmm. and of all year this year because yep. I mean, a lot of people have said, and I feel the same way that it simultaneously feels like the longest fucking thing ever, mm-hmm. and also simultaneously the quickest so um it's i'm sure it's easy for things to uh get lost in the shuffle um especially with um just there being so much news constantly that i think the an amazing album uh coming out this year it won't necessarily get its due as it would have uh, in a normal album cycle, even when like Taylor Swift dropped her record. I mean, it was super indie and like talked about for like three days or something. And then I kind of didn't see anybody post about it again. Right. Where uh, even with one of her previous albums, I I feel like I just saw more around it and for a longer period of time. And maybe that to do with like, her visiting Vancouver and there being like tours to come around to but for this, uh, like, you know, one of the biggest records of the year with the biggest marketing budgets with literally probably like she's in the top three listen to artists on Spotify or something. Like it, it sort of faded away like quite quickly. Which is kind of interesting because you'd think stuff would have more staying power because people have less to do in terms of like going out to, doing things but or is it it's, it's a question that i've always that the co- thing that i thought of like earlier earlier on with the pandemic is just like well oh hey thank god we live in the internet age where we can streaming where we have more than yeah. enough entertainment to keep us occupied right right yeah i know what you mean um but i myself have been like I said, I, I was listening to a lot of music from the nineties and stuff. And, uh, fuck even, even when it comes to like TV and movies, it's like, this has been a, I think a year of going back to, uh, you know, your old comfort blanket or something. And for me, sometimes I don't feel like this year I, I was as, uh, necessarily like open minded and I don't, mean that from a way that like i don't have a desire to explore music it's just when things are feeling like a little tense or something and you're really not sure about the future uh sometimes it it feels better to pop on uh that rerun of the office than it does uh this unknown new show of potential uh you not liking it (laughs) you know 
Yeah, you're less inclined to throw on the uh, really challenging album than something like, well, I know I like this, so I'm just going to listen to this. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, and I think that that there is a correlation to that with um, with this year, and like even knowing uh, my friend Grant McDonough, who owns Zulu Records, he said that some of the new stuff is it's really not selling uh, as he thought it would, but tons uh, tons and tons of nostalgic music is just kind of flying off the shelf and older records and people just getting into some weirder prog or some like jazz or old jazz or some new blues stuff and like younger kids too uh coming into the store and uh for some reason or another there's yeah that's what i've gathered i mean this is completely anecdotal of course but uh just sort of like what I'm putting out there. <laughs> well, and and kind of on that, I mean, what were some of the some of the other international records that you were listening to? I'm cheating a little bit because I kind of kind of have an idea of uh, some stuff that you've referenced earlier on in this chat. But yeah, um, geez, would would Destroyer be? And is Destroyer technically like an international artist? I mean, he's so big, right? Yeah, well, I guess we're, we were uh, counting that for Canadian, unless he had another one that you oh, yeah, were, yeah. were set on. I was more yeah. referencing the fact that you name-dropped Oasis. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, something that I thought Liam Gallagher's record was going to be in there. But it, it was actually 2019. Oh. But definitely, definitely some honorable mentions from 2020 is uh, a band uh, from Toronto who I've actually toured with in the past, and I'm good friends with uh, the singer Luke is Born Ruffians, and they released two albums, one called Juice and one called Squeeze, and both of those records are like really fun, really kind of. Uh, garagey with the sporadic beats that uh steve makes who's the drummer in born ruffians he has a very particular style so uh mitch the bass player kind of has to play off his unique drumming style and that leaves luke's voice which is usually kind of uh yelpy and uh really fun uh it's uh my favorite one was Juice, so I would definitely check out the record Juice because, uh, yeah, that that band is absolutely killer. They're putting out a lot of great stuff, and Luke is a prolific songwriter. He's he's just really making. Do you have another international uh, pick yourself? Yeah, I have a couple. Oh, I'm realizing that's Canadian again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as I ramble on, but. Hey, we're we're just talking about kid music here. Yeah, we'll just jump around. Um, I have a few yeah. honorable mentions. I don't want to. I don't want to hog it too much, but um, I guess I'll I'll kind of go a little rapid fire. Um, I really yeah. like oh. the new Washed Out album, Purple Noon. Uh, it's yeah. his fourth record, but it's the first one that really connected with me, like just instantly. It's a yeah. a very very '80s in vibe. It's very contemporary, obviously, in terms of the uh, production and the, you know, all the all the fun 
gadgets and goodies that were used to create it, but it's one of those records that, to me, and the cover kind of, um, the album cover kind of hammers this home, but it feels, the whole album feels like a summer day at twilight. That's the whole mood of the record, and it's just, it's gorgeous. I think I listened to it for the first time when I was up in the Okanagan for the summer on like a much needed just retreat from the the city when things were kind of okay, but still not really earlier this year. So yeah, that, that record's great. Um, let's see. Oh, is it similar to like, uh, the EP that they put out at all? That was like massive in the intro to the Portlandia show. Was that the EP with like the person in the, in the water on the cover? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I think it's very similar in vibe to that one. I don't know the name oh, of the EP no. off the top of my head, but yeah, they sort of have. I'm, I mean, is it a? It's a solo artist, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I can't recall his name off the top of my head, but it is a solo project. Yeah, yeah. That they're, they're a very much a mood band. Very you know, much a so. Vibe, a vibe band. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the Phoebe Bridgers record. Ooh, speaking of mood and vibe. Yeah, for my international one. I just think the songwriting's uh, super solid, uh, very, very detailed. She knows how to, like, really zoom in on something very peculiar and silly, but also can, like, wrap up these concepts in uh, a very uh, macro way as well, which is amazing she's a fantastic songwriter so uh, i just got introduced to her this year with this new album so uh yeah that's that's been a bit of an inspiration as well and you know detailed songwriting like that in the same vein of one of her collaborators uh actually a couple of them connor oberst and matt burninger um yeah she, she it's a special record punisher so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that one for uh, another international. I was I was tempted to choose that as a honorable mention myself. Actually, I um, have to say, like Halloween in K- Kyoto, especially Kyoto is like one of those songs like you hear it once and it just sticks with you. I do find it uh, very cute and really cool in a in uh, that she's now kind of embraced like the skeleton costume as like her look. <laughs> Maybe it's just for this yeah. album cycle, but it's just it's it's really really cool to see. Yeah, there's something kind of carefree about it. And yeah, she's in touch with something really cool and is writing some really good songs. And yeah, it's really it's really cool to see um, an artist like her just absolutely like killing the sort of indie music game, if you will. I think, I don't know who said this. I probably just read this randomly online, but somebody, somebody, said that like oh taylor swift just copied phoebe bridgers with her new album which i know was that which is an interesting dig i was like "Eh, maybe who knows (laughs) oh man bold accusation is there like a national relation there because what's the fella's name and in the national uh aaron i think it's aaron dresner uh who produced the taylor swift album you got phoebe and matt collabing hey maybe there's a little cross uh what am i trying to say a colonization colonization yeah. in the air there or like you know just some similar influence within the zeitgeist 
taste of uh, indie rock. What what else do you got on your list? Let's see. This was kind of similar to Washed Out. Um, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist, Alfredo. Because I've heard, I I had listened to the albums that Freddie Gibbs, he's a hip-hop artist, he's been in the game for a while, uh, that he did with uh, Mad Lib, who's a you know well-respected um, underground yeah. producer. But this one, I don't know for whatever reason, this is the project that finally clicked with me that he had put out. It's got very old-school gangster rap vibes, but it has a consistent like Italian mob theme throughout. We're talking like you know Godfather sort of sort of vibes. Like oh. that's the whole aesthetic. Oh. But it's some like tremolo picked mandolins or something. Oh yeah, dude! Like some of the some of the stuff sounds like some of the instrumentals sound like Italian pop music from the seventies at points, which is oh, just yeah. really cool. Yeah, you got some sweeping strings on on there, but the the lead track, which is one of my favorite songs of the year, but not my favorite. Uh, we'll get to that later. But one of the the lead track, nineteen eighty five. It's just primarily him like a beat and this just this guitar line that absolutely gets stuck in your head and it's an electric guitar line uh song's called 1985 but yeah i don't know it's just it's not a very long album too which is something i really appreciate something i find sometimes with some contemporary hip-hop albums that albums can be a little bit too long but perfect length uh the vibe is just consistent throughout and it's great and one thing that i thought was interesting was on one song called something to rap about tyler the creator's on there and he drops like his best verse i've ever heard him drop which was really cool because i've listened to tyler on and off through throughout the years as well that's probably my favorite hip-hop album of of the year too um what other uh international picks for you oh well i mean speaking of hip-hop uh i'm just gonna I picked up this pretty obscure '90s DJ's vinyl. Ooh. Uh, so, but he came back with a new album. Can you hold on two seconds? I'm yeah, just, no worries. It's right behind me. So I just want to remember what it's called. Oh hell yeah! Yo yo yo! yo so yo, yo. Uh, the, the uh, artist is called Flip F L I P, and uh, the album is called Experiences, and. Yeah, it's a 2020 record. Um, all tracks produced and recorded by Flip, mastered by Flip, and it's just got a very like 90s hip hop instrumental feel to it, like really smooth, deep bass. Um, again, another sort of instrumental record that I, I put on the record player a ton this year, just because it was it just had a very nice chill vibe to it and it was easy to listen to and that's kind of what i was going for i think like half the time that's sick and i guess uh i guess my final my final honorable mention for international albums was the latest record by idols ultra mono consistently excellent english punk band kind of as expected you've got a lot of pointed and clever lyrics on the record tackling topics like climate change and class struggle for me it was like one of the best rock albums of the year really inventive songwriting on songs like grounds and rains i like it when especially on the song grounds is basically like one one weird 
ascending janky riff for most of the most of the track. I just like it when bands like really try something different with song structure because it's all, you know it's it's as I'm sure you're aware of as a as a songwriter it's very easy to do the first chorus first sort of thing. Right. Yeah, I mean both can be incredible but when a when a band can create something that is truly unique uh structurally or with the chords i mean that's that's amazing i think that's a cool thing about like being a band band you know sometimes it's weird when you can just tell all the songs come from like the guy playing guitar it's it's nice when you can hear songs that you go oh my god like this could have only been made by uh four people being in a room together and somehow creating this like monstrosity of sound and uh yeah so that that's i think i know what you're talking about in terms of like you know traditional versus um untraditional and the thing is is like something about traditional chords and songs is that there's so many fucking good ones that i would say it's not easy to write a traditional song and have it sound good and fresh and like cool you know yeah i get what you mean sometimes you hear something there is such such a thing as a song being too familiar structure wise mm-hmm. yeah well it's funny like sometimes the simplest tunes that even are familiar though can like come back and hit you again and like somebody who i think of in in that realm would be tobias jesso jr um who has the song do you know are you familiar with any of his stuff heard heard the name but i'm trying to think yeah, of well, a song he's co he's co-wrote now with like adele and stuff but uh he he has very like traditional piano song structures uh akin to like uh randy newman or like some john lennon and they're great songs and although the chords and stuff are predictable some of these universal sentiments uh, never seem to tire at least for me i guess in my case for my listening habits like power pop is a, i'm a sucker for power pop so that'd probably be the best the best example yeah. for me where it's just like yeah this is major chord shit but it just sounds it just hits me in the right in the right way yeah. just feels good yeah i think uh yeah, there was another uh, one that was left off the honorable mentions, but like there was a couple female-led uh, power pop bands I listened to this year, like Beach Bunny and the Baths, that I I really really enjoyed. But I thought the the ones that I highlighted earlier kind of had had a bit of an edge. What? Yeah, yeah. What uh, Canadian records were you listening to this year? I know you mentioned the Born Ruffians, the Born Ruffians. Yeah, album. yeah. That was great. Uh... If we're going to do the the pick to start off with, it's going to be Destroyers, Have We Met. That is an incredible record. There's songs on there like The Raven, Crimson Tide, and uh, Q Synthesizer that are just extremely fun and whimsical. Like Dan Behar's lyrics are just they're at times like pretty silly, but somehow remain poetic and relevant to our times without feeling like somebody's selling you something or shoving anything down your throat. 
uh, and beyond that, the the musical backdrop you can tell that they've uh, they've kind of almost referenced some of their older records, uh, and my favorite parts of all their older records. So um, it's nice to see a bit more of a diverse song collection, but have it be very familiar destroyer i've listened to that record a few times myself and one thing i noticed was just how uh theatrically synthy it was that's a kind of goofy way to to say it but that's something that really stuck out stuck out for me yeah yeah i mean the the arrangements on it are they're just they're fun and he's not afraid to put a weird droney like three minute song of like what is it i don't know it's just a little ambient piece and then he'll go on to a song about you know play the drums play the synthesizer and it's again it's just you listen to it and i hear somebody having fun and enjoying their creativity and like with most it's obviously a central element of the music but I think what it really is magnified by bears, like very, I, I like to describe it as like, it's a very dry sardonic approach to, to vocals, which is pretty unique. I don't hear that in a lot of other, certainly not in a lot of other like mainstream Canadian artists. Yeah. There is something, uh, yeah. Theatrical, as you said about destroyer and almost something like curmudgeon <laughs> about Dan's vibe as well on it. And it's just nice to see an artist be themselves, even if it's, I don't know, this guy bumming around like Kingsgate mall writing songs, which like there was this pitchfork article when uh, this album dropped and he was saying how he writes songs and he doesn't really fucking even try to write them. And he just, so happens to happen and i'm i'm really drawn to to front people like that whether it's um you know somebody wild like uh karen o who just kind of has this wild spirit about her or um you know dan from destroyer being kind of there there's things to like and dislike right same with i mean if we bring it back to oasis fuck like <laughs> They're they're assholes, but they're so likable. Noel's the one, the the guitarist, right? The brother or the older brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, always get those two brother. those two mixed up, but yeah, Noel's an absolute asshole. But man, is he one of the funniest? He's one of the funniest <laughs> quotes in rock music. Like some some throwaway lines he's he's been quoted on have just made me absolutely bust a gut. Right, and he makes you laugh. And at the end of the day, this is all just entertainment right and he does a good job at it i i fucking love watching interviews with him he's hilarious that and uh i guess another contemporary uh well not a contemporary but like kind of following like the tradition of like and and i'm sure noel would hate it being compared to anybody but like john lyden is a another example i'd use where it's just like man you're such a prick but goddamn, are you funny oh he's funny yeah i mean yeah at least he's got the funny thing right like i guess there's people who have even bigger personalities like Kanye West or something. But I mean, 
kind of uh, it kind of doesn't go over as well without that British wit. It helps a lot in a lot of scenarios for sure. What were it really does. What were some of the key tracks off of that Destroyer record? I realized I didn't even bring it up with with my international pick, but I figured I'd ask. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, the Raven are is probably um, my favorite track off of it. Incredible. Like, I really wish I wrote that song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'll hit up an honorable mention right now, um, Big Time, which is, and this is kind of weird because I'm not sure if this is, I feel like they're more international now, and that's the band Crack Cloud mm-hmm. from from Vancouver. I know I- that they've been touring, uh, I think they're from Calgary original originally yeah i was confused as to where they were because i actually like i emailed them they i didn't hear back from them i hope i can connect with them yeah. at some point but i wasn't sure as to where they were from because in some of their music videos it was clearly in vancouver but like their band camp said alberta so i don't know yeah i i uh messaged one of the guys in the band that i know uh daniel uh, robertson and uh i did not get a <laughs> response back Who knows? That hey, let's uh, it'd be cool to talk about your record or something. But I mean, yeah, those uh, that band's really great. They they I mean, they're kind of like a multimedia uh, collective. Yeah, um, I don't even know how because you know I've listened to some of their stuff as as well. It's it's almost like it's like parquet court talking heads, but totally different yeah I don't yeah know. there's it's a sort of um orchestral <laughs> it's orchestral yet kind of new wavy um and punky mm-hmm. yeah got it and, and also like talking about song structure like completely thrown out the window uh in every single song as well <laughs> That's also there, and they've, but they've got I, like, it's a very unique record. I, absolutely, yeah, and they've got at least like twelve members or something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and it's kind of cool though. I, uh, the story that I've read about Crack Cloud is that a majority of the members are recovering addicts, and they sort of use this artwork and collective as, I guess, um, a tool to stay sober and a community to be around within that. So. Yeah, I'm really uh, fond of the group and the music that they make. And funnily enough, I found out about Crack Cloud probably uh, late last December or something. I was going to the Mount Pleasant gym uh, right across from Budgie's Burritos. And I kept seeing this one guy around there and I like anyone at the gym who I started seeing a lot, I just say, Hey, what's up? How's it going? And, uh, I was talking to this fella and, you know, he said he was in, in a band, his name's Zach. And, uh, yeah, I asked him what his band was and he told me and I went and looked them up and fuck. Next time I saw him, I was like, you guys are amazing, man. And uh, that was crack club. Just their videos alone. Oh, they're stunning. They're, yeah. They're masterpieces. They're, yeah. 
it's like when I first saw the crack cloud videos, uh, the next fix come out at that moment, it was just like, how are, how is anyone going to top this? You know, it's like, they sort of set the, another bar of like, wow, like what you guys are doing is just so unique and so inspiring. And they seem to be very good at keeping a mystique around them, considering neither of us have been able to get in touch with them. So who knows? I know. What do we got to do? I mean, hopefully this might be the opportunity for one of us <laughs> or both of us. Yeah. Hey, let, a, let us interview you. Yeah. Both of us. Well, it's, it, it sounds <laughs> they have an amazing story. And yeah, uh, I still need to listen to that full record, but that's uh, enough of an endorsement for me for sure. Oh yeah, it's so good. But man, let's get into your uh, your Canadian picks. Yeah. So my number one pick was the latest record by Purity Ring, Womb. There was a five year gap between this record and their previous one that was definitely worth the wait for me. Even though I'll admit I was a little worried that they had broken up or something like that. I was like, oh, when am I going to get a new record from these guys? But it uh, the the album feels in many respects to me like a refinement. Of just all the best things that make up the band sound, like all the atmospheric synths, the creative beats from Corn Roddick, the vulnerable vocals and introspective and but also very abstract lyrics from Megan James. But honestly, some of my favorite songs that they've ever released are on on this one. I'd say my key tracks are Ruby Insides and Pink Lightning, which are like the first two tracks, which is a great way to start off the album for me. And then the final the closing number, Stardew. Um, the music video for that song is really, uh, really trippy. It's really cool. They've got like, um, how would I describe it? They have, uh, like, it's like stop motion dolls. It's a really weird, like rotating, like kind of spiraling visual effect that they have. That's the movement of these little characters that they use and they show like, skeletons being reconstructed into like human faces and it's it's very it's very unsettling but in a cool way cool yeah awesome man i'm gonna have to check that record out yeah i mean i hadn't heard of them in forever i didn't even know that they released a new record yeah as i said like five years i was i was worried that they had just completely fallen off and they're like oh no we just did two records and we're not doing this anymore but i was i was quite quite happy to see that that wasn't the case. And I think this was another record that came out just before, uh, you know, COVID nightmare hell world broke, set in. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To put it dramatically. So maybe another one of those really great that kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, potentially. Um, let's see. I guess, did you have any other honorable honorable mentions or should I just kind of rattle through mine? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. I I think I mentioned this earlier on in the show, but I really like the new Caribou record. I think it's called, yeah, yeah. Titled, titled Suddenly. Yeah, he's one of my favorite Canadian electronic artists. And this one was an even longer gap between records. I think his previous album came out in like 2014 or something like that. But Dude, I'll jump on your honorable mention there too. Yeah, I'll definitely get on board with that. That was uh, wow! What a what a cool album. I mean, he's definitely going in a new direction from what he did with Our Love, and 
that record was almost like he it seemed like he reached his like purest vision on our love and now maybe he's venturing out to try some new things with more hip-hop samples uh, a bit more sort of downbeat grooves and i i enjoyed it very much too I liked how there were a number of tracks where it was literally just him. I can't remember the name of the, the song because I was re-listening to some of the tracks recently, but there's some where it's literally just like, it's not an instrumental because there's a lot of vocal samples, but he's just tweaked and quirked and just manipulated all these samples in such a way where it's like, that's the rhythmic structure of the sa- of the song. It's just the manipulation of the samples themselves, which is just, it's really, really engaging and just, intriguing to listen to just throughout it's a really for me it was just a it's a really rewarding listen every time i go back to it when when you're listening to music are you generally listening on headphones or like speakers uh i'm listening on my audio technicas which i believe you're you're rocking right now as well yeah you know it yeah yeah standard (laughs) yeah exactly you say it's a sponsorship maybe you will Oh, I mean, hey, Audio Technica, I'd I'd take one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, his music plays very well on headphones. Mm -hmm. And I think he's very, very aware of that. And I got to give that a shot. Um, Because yeah, that album I mostly listen to while driving on uh, Honda CRV speakers from like the early 2000s. And I think Caribou... uh, demands a nice uh, uh, sonic dive in with the headphones yeah for sure i mean it's one that's worth replaying for sure and hopefully there's not too long of a gap between this record and his next one i'm hoping he comes out with something soon because this one was just was great i've already seen it on quite a few canadian best of the year lists just from the browsing i've done so it's very well deserved where where are you looking for your uh, these best of lists in general when when you're uh, perusing um, music media these days? I'd say my my primary one, the primary blogs that I I hit up are like, oh uh, the one I check the most often would be like Stereo Gum, but I do like to check out Exclaim. I do check out Pitchfork periodically. Yeah, Rolling Stone's a little hit or miss because Rolling Stone is its own thing so right like in the same in the way that like rolling stone and pitchfork have like our borderline like tmz websites now more so that like i feel hmm, i gotta phrase this diplomatically pitchfork and rolling stone know who their audience is that's the best way i can put it (laughs) i don't want to knock them (laughs) yeah i don't make any enemies (laughs) <laughs> yeah was that was the tmz thing a knock or was was that factual i don't know well i don't i don't think you're saying anything that's too much of a knock to them because i've seen that on other publications as as well oh this guy said this bad thing about this person on twitter oh feud yeah that's something that i noticed about like a couple of those sites where i was like this is where i would go to discover new music and like where all these places are where I used to discover new music, there's 
they're complete they've completely been replaced with like Kanye says this about like his sister-in-law or something and it's like man you used you guys used to promote like tiny indie bands and like that's what you were you know kind of liked for and um or what I liked them for so I don't know it's uh I guess uh, it's clicks, right? You know, it's the more provocative the article, the more um, gossipy it is, I guess the more clicks it gets, which is um, an unfortunate thing when it comes to music journalism because there's a lot of great people out there who um, love music and they want to share it and they explore it deeply and there's value in that. There's value in those um, passionate journalists and people who care about music like yourself, right? Um, who spread the word. And, you know, your people like you are as valuable to the musical ecosystem as the musicians themselves. So I don't know. When I see webs, things that like once maybe um, uh, shined a light on talent within every community uh be taken away by like cheap fucking tabloids it's it's a little disappointing but hey there's a lot more people i think coming out talking about cool music so let's make uh you can always find those people oh 100 and by and large i don't spend a lot of time on the news section anyhow yeah it's more of that oh hey what's what's cool right now another guy well it kind of on like sources that i i check out i mean i also i'm some people don't like him. I understand if you don't like his style, but uh, Anthony Fantano is another guy I've followed for for quite a while. The the needle drop YouTuber. Yeah, guy. that guy's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his own taste. He's got his own biases, and he doesn't hide it. But he he gets there's a lot of stuff that he covers that I don't think I otherwise would have even known about. For sure, and he and he covers like a whole spectrum. He has a deep knowledge of music and to see him cover um, metal to like post rock to grime and hip hop, like, like he covers it all. So, I mean, respect to that guy. And he seems to be, know what he's talking about. hundred <laughs> percent. And um, I guess the final um, honorable mention for my Canadian pick would be a band I hope you've you've heard of, uh, Braids. They put out their latest record, Shadow Offering, this year. I was a huge fan of their previous oh, album, oh. Deep in the Iris. And I listening to this one, I was really engaged with the the new sounds that the band is exploring on this release. There, I found that there's a lot of post rock guitar textures. Piano seemed to have a greater presence with some of the songwriting, and there's uh, very measured use of dynamics and restraint to dramatic effect it's it it's weird that i'd almost be inclined to say it's their most accessible record but at the same time it's like it's very artsy so i don't know they can take that with a grain of salt it's kind of like how like you know saint vincent puts out stuff that's like accessible but she's also very artsy yeah for sure braids is i mean a very uh a very um, dramatic band mm-hmm. in their production. And I, I believe her name's Raphael uh, is the lead singer. 
Is that totally wrong? Um, I'm just looking that up. Braids. I think her middle Ralph. names, like, or part of her last name is Isabel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her name's... Her name is uh, Raphael Standel Preston, and her voice is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. She can do acrobatics with it. I saw them play actually at the Cobalt, and it was mind blowing. It was one of those shows that you, you leave itching to go to the jam space, trying to like have some of the magic rub off on you and you know, dive into working on some tunes and, and the stuff that they were doing live was very impressive in terms of their manipulation of live effects mm -hmm. as well. Um, like she would have a MIDI controller, I, I guess, um, routed to Ableton on reverb and delay sends and all this shit. And her voice could go from like totally dry to fully cavernous ripping with reverb and, it was a really beautiful experience and um, I'm going to have to give their uh, new record a listen because I just, I hadn't given it a go yet. Yeah. It's, it's worth a, worth a listen for sure. I, uh, funny enough, I, the first time I ever was uh, exposed to them was I saw them open for purity ring. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think on their last, their mo I mean, they were planning on coming here in June rep. Uh, but I think the last yeah. time, last two tours that they, I think when they were touring their previous album, they had Born Gold, which was Cecil Frina's project. And I only caught like the last two songs, but then Braids went on and I was like, I was blown away by her vocals, obviously. But also their drummer is a beast. That guy has got some jazz chops. Like he's just, he's, he's a machine. That guy's wound in. Really? He's, he's, he's dialed. Yeah. Yeah, I was just really impressed by his just his flair. He's got his whiplash chops down. <laughs> oh man, I love that movie. I need to rewatch that, or or maybe not. I don't know. It's very stressful to watch as a musician. It kind of is. Yeah, it's like, uh... oh, what's that new Adam Sandler flick where he's uh, totally in shit and a gambler? Uncut Gems. I love that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like. Um the musical uncut gems just not stop anxiety right just building and building and building to to more general unpleasantness so yeah i might pass on watching that one again what plot yeah actually i think about it i i might rewatch uncut gems though just because it's so just so insane but maybe it's because i can't relate to thankfully can't relate to adam sandler's character in that movie you don't want to relate right? to that guy too much. He's out of his mind. <laughs> among among well, other things. Nice about those, those like seedy characters. I, I like watching movies with uh, those kinds of folks. Oh yeah. I mean, I love, I love mob movies. I love mob TV shows. Narcos is my favorite Netflix program just cause just something about, oh, that's a good one. yeah. Something about the lives of bad people. You're like, I'm glad I don't have your life because that seems really stressful and horrible and a lot of your friends wind up dead, but it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it seems horrible and always absolutely horrendous, but there's something about it. Uh, maybe it's them absolutely giving zero, zero fucks at all times, every time. That's like, how? How do you do this? 
and then obviously like seeing the ridiculous mansions and cars and silliness it's just the especially when they're based off true stories the way that people have like chosen to live their lives can be fascinating but you know some of these people are sometimes viewed as the underdog and are can also be worshipped in the ways that they've helped they sometimes have helped their communities but at what cost right of like totally being murderous maniacs so i think they're complex stories that um especially when these people come from like the slums uh it it's a weird dichotomy of feelings <laughs> i think that's the one of the major selling points for that narco show for me is there's so much of a moral gray area that you're just kind of wading through where you're like oh wait so the dea dea are technically the good guys but are they it's like and and the 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 Drug kingpins are the bad guys, but but are they? Yeah, exactly. And you see, you I mean, even when it comes to something like the war on drugs and how how f- insane, uh, especially the U.S. government has been in like implementing that, and how much evil has come from uh, the government itself uh, in terms of just like experimenting on people in the way that. Uh, they've been used to uh, shut down political movements and also groups of people like with crack in the eighties, um, notoriously like putting away like a ton of black men and the U S having like ties to that. Like it's, it's atrocious. The, um, what can happen through, um, the people who should so-called be looking out, uh, for your best interest. So yeah, I think shows like that also, uh, give some historical context to what has happened. So another reason to be into it, Hey, if you're into history, then, you know, you got a little bit of that with narcos. So, you know, that's the history grad and me <laughs> coming, coming out. So right. yeah. And somebody actually got killed scouting for new locations for the next narcos oh really like for narcos mexico yeah oh wow yeah there was a a scout who went down there and obviously they were looking for the cd locations and whatnot and they got killed which is pretty gnarly and i mean to say that you know obviously it's still like a there's still a lot of violence there, of course. Um, and it's not just, uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm going on and on about this. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> it, it, that's a whole, I'm surprised. I'm sure that there's a narcos podcast out there, but I could almost start my own narcos podcast. I'd really have to get oh, into hey. the history though. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So we've got to, we've gotten to the point where we talk about our local releases Oh, wait, can I say, I want to say one more show that you should check out. Absolutely. That will not my mind. Have you watched Peaky Blinders? Not yet. It's on my list, though. I also still need to see The Sopranos, because... 
The right, Tiger right, Mob right. show is like that's the crown jewel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sopranos is amazing, but I would say for sure check out Peaky Blinders uh, again. It's that these uh, gray areas within politics and local gangs and lots of whiskey and <laughs> it's fun to watch. But as I'm watching this, I'm like, there's no way this guy could get so much shit done in a day if he was drinking that much whiskey. Like it's kind of annoying to watch because it just, it wouldn't be possible, but I don't know. Maybe it's the, uh, the Irish or maybe that's the, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you just get hardened at a certain point. Or just like that, just like, yeah. it's like juice. It's like how people drink orange juice throughout the day or coffee. Who knows? But they're way, they're way too attractive and, and jacked, you know? Like he, this guy, the protagonist, uh, Thomas Shelby, would not be close to his stunning and, uh, you know, there's it's romantic watching, watching it, but uh, yeah, it's again one of those shows where you're like, oh, he can be a nice guy. Oh, he's the worst guy ever. So yeah, yeah, it's on check the, it out. Yeah, it's on the list. Uh, on the list for sure. Um, yeah, bunch of stuff bunch of stuff i've been meaning to get to kind of like with music i've been like all right i want to try and watch as uh try and make it as light as possible i'm actually watching the office for the first time all the way through it's finally getting that done yeah what season are you on i'm on season eight so i'm i'm near the end i'm I'm finishing it just because i'm at that point but i will admit that the first like seasons two through five that's the sweet spot of the show yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I actually just rewatched the whole office for like the third time. Uh and I'd agree with you there. Yeah, those first few, like yeah, two to five or something, it, it's it's the money. Yeah, they got everything. Yeah, it's just like a lot of things, there's there was, well, because another show I'd watched through this year was I was like, Okay, I'm gonna watch the Golden Age of the Simpsons all those seasons. Yep. So I watched seasons, Simpsons seasons four through 11 and like, yep, that okay. was the money. That was the best stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to do that too. Good call. Yeah. All that stuff's on uh, Disney plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So besides the Mandalorian, Disney has the Simpsons. So there's two shows. To oh, watch. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's, uh, are we on to local now? I think so. Yeah. So what was what was your local pick? Ooh. Um This is tough. Um I think I'm going to say I'm going to do an LP and an EP as my favorites. And I'm going to say the Sam Lynch LP is uh it's amazing. I mean, I've just been getting into it more and more, but it just keeps growing on me. There's a, it just reminds me of some sparse elements of bands like talk, talk. Are you familiar? Yeah. What was that last record they put out before they broke up? The one with the tree on the cover spirit of Eden. Yeah. That album. Oh, I think spirit of Eden is, 
maybe my favorite album ever. It's in it's in the top. It's in that echelon, Spirit of Eden. It's a magical masterpiece of patience and there's something spiritual about it. It sounds weird, but uh, there really is. It's it's absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, Sam, Sam's record just kind of it doesn't rush ever and the songs are thoughtful and just abstract enough to keep me projecting my own life onto them and not only that but there's some really beautiful string arrangements within them uh and production choices and mixing that is just uh, second to none it's beautiful it's it's an incredible record for sure so i'm gonna say that is my um lp pick of the year local nice yeah we've had sam on the show oh man it must have been like almost two years ago now but we've had sam on the show she's got an incredible voice she's yeah she's just a dynamite vocalist and i think i haven't listened to the record but i know she put out a song with a music video with like really cool time manipulation throughout and i was really blown away by that song and that that clip that she put out i wish i knew the single name off the the top of my head but I think it's called Goodyear. Yes, uh, yes, that's it. Goodyear, Damn. Pretty sure Lester Lyons Hookem. Yep. Yeah. Uh, directed it as well. So, I mean, the best music video director in the city. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, he's he's the best man. He's a good, good guy. Love that dude. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the. Uh, that's going to come in as my uh, pick of the year locally. And I have to, you know, on that same echelon, there's uh, the EP pick of the year. And that's going to go to my friend, uh, Lindsay Schoberg in Babe Corner. So, yeah, again, another like collection of songs that have a very raw but still refined feel to them some like 70s inspired harmonies um again good songwriting and good guitar playing good hooks and yeah Lindsay's voice is super i'd say it's almost smoky in a way and yeah she just knows what she's doing did you hear their cover of Cool by Gwen Stefani? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like the super group of the local scene as well because you've got Haley, Haley Blaze in there. Yeah. Try, who else is in that band? Uh, there's also Jen from uh, Club Sofa. Right, yeah. And then... <laughs> there's some there's one other person from another band but i can't remember off the top of my head but oh it's, Ali. oh it's ali from uh once called booty ep there we go but now now uh do hickey cubicle do you know why they changed their name 
I can't. I don't even know, but I just was no, curious about I, that. I, I don't, but I, I'm down with the doohickey, the DHQ. DHQ. It looks good on drum yeah, rolls. They, they have a really, really cool sound as well. They, um, they just released a new single. Ooh. Should give that a listen. Yeah, it's really good. It's called Thinking. Check it out for sure. Are you gonna are you gonna do a playlist or anything for this show? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We've done that uh, every time, and in fact, uh, I'll probably I'm gonna reach out to you about that just in the in case you have any specific songs you wanna wanna throw on there. Hundred percent gonna be have sending that out. People gotta listen to all got these it. songs. Yeah. So, do you want me to run through uh, my honorable mentions? Yeah, that'd be that'd be rad. Okay, so definitely data plan. Uh, my friend Malcolm, he uh, released an album called Dance Mirage, and it's a uh, kind of jazzy, lo-fi, um, new agey, but like Dilla beats going on and i know walgren collaborated quite a bit with uh her voice and i think she added some strings and stuff uh so that record definitely data plan dance mirage another one would be yukon blonde's new record um which is really cool um i mean they they produced it all themselves which is that always gets me excited as um a listener and as a friend and a fan um, to hear people progressing within not only just their songwriting, but also within uh, how the knowledge to create things on your own and through your computer can also uh, influence new song structures and new musical ideas that I don't think they had really explored before. So yeah, the album's called Vindicator, uh, Yukon Blanc Vindicator. It's really good. And, uh, yeah, another shout out to, um, Jody Glenham. Jody uh, released album mood rock, uh, which is really great. And the Shilohs as well. Johnny Payne, uh, his band, they, they released an album and uh, Johnny Johnny and those guys, they know they're like classic rock and they know how to do something new with it and fun with it. Uh, so that, that one's called Tender Regions. So yeah, that's going to be my local, my local shout outs. Nice. That's good spread. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Jody's, Jody's album. Jody's album was really, really, really good think i yeah i had her on well you had her on your show this year and i had her on my my show as well this year talking about that that record yeah of course it's um she's doing the the podcast rounds promoting promoting the album right she did a job and we had a really fun fun time uh podding it up so i guess it's uh i guess my turn to go into to my picks now I feel with yeah. my my number one pick, it, it's a little bit of a safe choice, but this record is kind of undeniable for me. Uh, the latest Peach Pit record, You and Your Friends, 
for me, I mean, I've always, I, I like this, I love throwing around this joke, but I, I like to call them Vancouver's best dressed indie rock quartet. They, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, they, for me, they knocked their, their sophomore release like right out of the park. They build upon, you know, what makes their debut record being so normal so awesome. You've got all the the tasteful guitar work. The, you've got passion, all the passionate vocals you could ask for. You've got lovelorn lyrics, rich in detail. But the key thing, and I think this this really uh, makes for a strong second album, is that there's enough that's different that sets it apart from the first album. It's not just a copy and copy and paste. I notice on songs like Puppy Grin and Live at the Swamp, they are mixing it up with the guitar the guitar work and with like the synth use and even just there's variation on the on the production style throughout the the record as well but with mm-hmm. this album and man just like most most artists this year it's like i feel that the there's such a huge hype around these guys and if the if covid didn't wipe touring off the face of the earth for an entire year this these guys would have been could have just broken through onto the world world stage with with this record so yeah for sure yeah that's i I know that's been a bummer for them definitely like uh you know chris chris and i've talked about that of what a fucking letdown right they were just about to go do this huge tour they had you know they have their new label new team ready to conquer the fucking world and uh you know, you got to sit at home. So I, I saw that you had this, uh, as your local pick and, uh, when you sent over, uh, the email. So that was definitely, uh, up there with the Sam Lynch for me as well. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like there's fantastic songwriting on it. Uh, a lot of the, uh, guitar work is, I mean, it's, it's just, they're a good band, right? To it's hard to even center one thing out. Oh, even the way that Peter does those like sort of Lou Reedish like bass chords, and uh, Mikey's just always in the pocket, and yeah, like some of Chris's like slide guitar shit on this is wild, man. It's it's a it's a good album. It's a really good album, and. Uh, one of my, uh, uh, yeah, I guess like most listened to at, uh, the beginning of the year as well. Cause, uh, my, uh, girlfriend and I took a couple trips before things got too wild and that was, uh, always, uh, our go-to. So it's, you know, beyond its, uh, musical awesomeness, it also has some, uh, good memories and uh, sentimental value for me already. Yeah. And uh, just to single out a specific song on the record, like that song figure eight. Um, I don't know for me, it's kind of like it, uh, it, it almost is like a go-to winter romance song about figure skating. I'm like, Oh, that's just, that's just beautiful. And I feel, I, and I'm looking forward to being able to hear those, the damn songs live when we're allowed to again that's going to be amazing yeah yeah hey i also have a song about figure skating in the winter too so you do yeah 
I do. And I feel and, bad uh, that I can't remember the name of the song, but you absolutely do, and I've definitely heard it a bunch of times. It, it's called Time Zone. And we both talk about doing pirouettes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that the, that's the song where you talk about uh, the millennium line and you've got wine on lips. Is that the one? Yeah. 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 yeah there we that's go. The one. Got it. But you got a record yeah, that yeah. you're working on as well. Give you a little piece. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's coming along. Uh, we got like 10 songs recorded. It sounds great. I can't wait to show people. I think it's, um, I think it's a great record and we just took our time with it. I mean, we were pretty much locked down for a while. So, uh, once we could hang out with some people in the summer, uh, where you could hang with like a small group of folks, we were just going into the jam space and, kind of just cranking it out and before we knew it we had 10 songs and we went and recorded them pretty much live off the floor and they sound great they sound like a band working away hell yeah i can't and, wait to hear it yeah yeah the tunes the tunes came together quick and they're good good stuff and you've got that kind of slated for release early next year well i'm sure it's a little up in the air at this point but yeah, yeah, it's it's totally up in the air. I mean, with the way things are going, it's like, why not do a bunch of singles and just yeah. let people... I mean, when it comes to Blue Jay, it's like, we're not obviously like, an, you know, I don't have to tell you this, we're not really a known band, right? So if we put out a record, that's the end of it. That's the end of a cycle when you're an unknown indie band, mm-hmm. right? You, you put it out and it's it's out into the world. So uh, I think our approach is going to be more like doing a single here and there, like make those singles count, right? And um, not only that, but it also gives me time to uh, make sure the mixes are right, to really take my time uh, doing that rather than just like, hurry up, we need to like make physical copies to go and sell to no one because we're not playing shows. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll release some, some tunes over the next while. And we also want to make it a bit of a thing, you know, when we drop a track, we want it to be like, Oh, sick. Like I'm going to listen to this. Right. Cause it's, we're not just dropping a, you know, a bomb on people's head where they're like, Ooh, 10 songs. Like not sure when I'll have the time to listen to that. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm sure you get like multiple releases from bands and sometimes you just like, don't have a lot of time to sit and listen to like a few full albums or, or something in a row. Right. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. There's some, some, records were like oh yeah i'll download that to my phone and i'm not going to listen to it for like a month later yeah yeah exactly yeah but yeah anyways yeah and i guess with my yeah my guess with my honorable mentions um i was generally drawn to rock records that kind of gave me a lot to chew on the first one on kind of my little short list here were was the 
Sadly, the final We're the City album, R.I.P., fitting title, I'm, I wonder if it was planned or not or if COVID accelerated it, but who knows. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, final record by the boundary-pushing and experimental art-pop trio. You know, this is this album marks the end of their 12-year run. On, I thought a very high note. It's probably their most emotionally raw record to date the title track which is also the final track on the album is the vocalist sounds like he's on the verge of tears because i believe that song's very specifically about uh, a dear friend of the band who passed away due to a, a drug overdose so but it's uh throughout it's just you know the the band's firing all cin- cylinders just with boundless creativity in terms of song structure and just trying the band's never had any uh, inhibitions in terms of what they were trying to do. So it's cool that they put they pulled out all the stops with with that record. But I'm obviously bummed I never got the chance to see them live. So it is certainly kind of bittersweet for me. And uh, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a chance they... to see them live? Yeah, I played a festival with them once, nice. uh, Ponderosa, and. They were incredible. They are one of my favorite bands in general. Uh, I think, you know, regardless of Vancouver or anything, they're, I, I think they're some of the most creative musicians I've ever seen uh, play live. And also the way that they um, explore songs and song structure. Uh, there's something about their music that, really resonates with me and i think there's an ever presence of conflict of some kind of uncertainty and i don't know if that resides in uh the realm of more religion or what it is but it's very powerful and whatever um their feeling when they're making that music it's uh depending on what it is specifically it comes across as just a powerful force and in the same way that the films that they've been making uh i feel like they have the ability to be interpreted in uh other ways so Yeah, they're almost like great novelists who, you know, the the book is about, uh, you know, a husband and a wife doing something, but really it's uh, underlying some like socioeconomic disparity or whatever. You know, that's how I kind of see We Are the City as a more like complex, heady band who um, – is always like pushing the envelope. So I hope they, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what their, their new projects are and what goes on with them. But yeah, what a, what a band, what a great band, maybe like one of the most underrated bands on planet earth. Yeah. They leave a, they leave a body of work that thankfully is, you know, super rewarding. There's a lot to, lot to get out of constantly, revisiting it and then even speaking for myself i still haven't even seen their films so i mean there's even that for me to to get to as well but 
yeah, that record really st- stood out to me. Um, another what record kind of in a kind of in a similar vein. Uh, this is a Kelowna guy, Andrew Judah, his newest album, Impossible Staircase. Uh, one oh, of cool. the the best produ- for my money, one of the best produced local records of the year. Structurally dense, thematically rich, intricate songwriting. I think also in a similar respect to R.I.P. dealing with some pretty pretty heavy topics in terms of interpersonal relationships. But if you haven't listened to listened to that one yet, I'd I'd highly highly recommend it. Andrew is one hell of a musician, and he the man knows uh, how to build a build a crew of uh, fellow fellow musicians to work with to play on the record because everyone that is part of his band is just top-notch oh cool yeah i'll definitely check that out i i've heard of them and uh i think is it sort of in the alt-rock realm or something um i i guess in terms of an alt-rock uh artist i compare it to compare it to even though this is kind of a boiler little bit of a boilerplate choice but like Radiohead, just in terms of like how the the how dense it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard this guy. He's really good. Yeah, and then I guess my final honorable mention would be uh, latest one from the Tourist Company, Saint Helens. It's their second full length record, but I feel it's their best release yet. Indie pop duo. Um, it's it. It's a cool listen in that it's very bright and adventurous and fun, but it also lyrically tackles some very challenging themes about like chaos, loss, and confusion, which were, you know, this record was written and recorded pre 2020, but is very prescient for this year or so. Um, they also put out an ambient version of this record, actually, I think a li- just a couple days ago, which is a cool kind of companion piece to the album as well. Cool. That's rad. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check them out. Yeah. I don't know their music. That's rad. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Stretching the surface, though, because there's a lot of lot of good stuff that came out this year. Yeah, for sure. I know I'm going to feel like a dope after this and remember uh, my favorite other albums of the year. So, I mean... I didn't didn't get too planned for this myself. <laughs> just trying to just riff in here, you know. Yeah, that's my main thing. I didn't want to over prepare with my with, with my notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite songs? Yeah. Is this uh, is this the uh, sort of the roundup of uh, the 2020 list? Yeah, I, I felt that'd be a, a fun fun note to to end on, and I know. Yeah, yeah. And I and this sure. wasn't deliberately planned, but we have two of the same artists for two of our picks. But I'll let you go first. Okay, so uh, my first pick is Sleepy Gonzalez, and the song is Sally on the Avenue. And again, this is like not even necessarily a local thing right i'm not pigeonholing it to that this is just one of my favorite songs of the year um uh they they tap into some wild energy uh, i don't really know them that well as as people you know um 
I had Allison on, on my podcast, which was really cool and, you know, got to know her a bit, but, uh, there's something very, um, uh, hectic and it make me think of some kind of like power cable that's been cut and it's just flailing in the air or something like dangerously, uh, you know, if you touch it, it might, might shock you, but it's like fun to watch or something it's a beautiful uh display and um that tune it it reminds me of um the band built to spill a little bit one of my favorite songs of all time is called carry the zero uh off of one of built to spills like oldest records um yet it remains within the uh, two-chord song structure, which there's been some amazing tunes. Uh, one that comes to mind is uh, All My Friend, or All, All My Friends by LCD Sound System. And you know that one? I've definitely heard it. I need to listen more or LCD like, Sound System. Or, just or, uh, or Ceremony by... Uh, new order ooh, yeah ooh. right like it's these like two chord and they just you get lost in the in them you kind of forget that there's even chords in general and you can float on the atmosphere and the changing melodies that keep pulling you along and the guitar tones and more so just like the emotion and the raw power and the guitar playing and the, uh, them really wearing uh, their heart on their sleeves with the vocals it's it's ambitious and I like that yeah it's powerful I guess should I you should also I, have. yeah yeah well I, I guess we'll transition to mine it's on your list too yeah right so my favorite local single wound up also being a, a Sleepy Gonzalez song. A different one, though. Um, Slow Apocalypse. That song, oh, yeah. I, yeah, that was the song that just, as soon as I heard it, it just connected with me with me instantly. I think a, uh, I'm a sucker for, for shoegazy stuff. It's and incredible. It's, yeah, it's got this amazing, just like droney, droney vibe to it. The guitar solo is exactly what you would... It, is all you could ask for with a song like that. But the, I liked the example that you use where you're describing the band as like live wires flailing about the way I like to describe sleepy Gonzalez is there a band that's like, they've just kind of created their own little, their own little world of what they're, what they're doing. I can't, there's bands like, you know, we talked about, uh, we're the city, but there's, there's, there's this special, type of band in any scene or just in music in general that like is very much like that's that's them there's no one else that really really sounds like them and i think with a song like that you've got all the elements that uh i love about that band they have this great grasp of uh creating an atmosphere you've got the excellent vocal interplay between ellie and guitarist and i just 
so bad with the lineup <laughs> with with band members today <laughs> apparently. But you've got the great you've got the great vocal harmonies going on. But you've also got this like yeah, this, the, even just the just the the name itself. And I I assume that they wrote it before everything that's gone on this year. But like that. It's kind of what this. They did. What? Yeah. yeah they wrote it a lot. Like that. Yeah, it's yeah. what this year kind of kind of feels like in a way. It's just like it's yep, that just that, <laughs> just the. For sure, yeah. It's almost a monotonous uh, grind to it. Expressive and symbolic of, yeah. What what an amazing band, and yeah, I completely completely agree with you. They are. Um, something very special and it's been cool to see them even develop over the years because uh i first found out about them because they applied to play the um catalano music festival and i was just a part of sort of the group of people like listening through the bands to um you know pitch them towards the actual lineup and uh yeah i came across them and i was like damn this is this is here in vancouver or like from around here and i've been a fan ever since actually i, I was i was so happy i i played a, a, a with damn maybe it was like earlier this year like last fall or winter but uh i was playing solo and the rest of uh blue jay couldn't make it to that gig and i had members of fashion jackson and sleepy gonzalez play as my band just impromptu and it, it was one of my favorite musical experiences it was wild and that like that's them right they they're the type of people who are like yeah I'll, I'll come and play your song with you and it doesn't matter if we don't know it we'll 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 just do it and i like that attitude and it wasn't a train wreck it was actually a a cool show. It, we sounded great. That's awesome. You've got a, you've got another one. That's also it's a local, awesome. local pick, but I want to hear more about it. Okay. So my, my other pick is the Zola's. I feel the transition and Zach and the band definitely has a Brit pop feel on this playing into sort of the oasis uh more baggy beat i would call it sort of thing almost like primal scream um uh sort of pacing and pretty classic like uk baggy drum beat and uh it's amazing there's zach's lyrics seem just weird enough at least some like weird narrative thing but uh the message of like i feel the transition i feel the transition coming with like the sound of the confidence in his voice uh and then it leading to this part uh of just being arm in arm with people it, it gives me a positive feeling it makes me happy you know it makes me want to get out there and uh and be part of the world and like to have some fun so uh i feel the transition it just gets me fired up and zach and the band wrote an awesome song that 
has been on repeat for me. I love it. It's a fucking real tune, man. It's a good message too. I'm I'm hopeful that things will change for the better in certain respects because of just how much of a monkey wrench just one virus can have on, on in everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, especially when it comes to a lot of local, I, I mean, any indie music right now for me, like it's rare that there's a song that feels like it makes me want to get up and like go live my life. You know, it's, uh, it's so commonplace for everything to be so sad and like, I mean, emotional for a lot. I can, uh, I think there's almost a risk in the Zola's song of like, I feel the transition, like it's a different feel. And to me, it's sort of, uh, plays into a place of like positivity and especially with I'm thinking about this more and more with music and even with my own songwriting you know when things are like so fucked do we really need more music talking about how bummed you are I, I don't know I'm I, I'm reaching a moment right now where I want to listen to a song like I feel the transition. It makes me feel good. It's empowering. It makes you want to go do some shit. I don't know. It's got some confidence to it. And like, as I'm, even as I'm saying this right now, like uh, Prado's new song, Steven, you heard that one? No, not yet. I know she, yeah, there's... she re- relocated recently, but damn okay well lester did a video for her too go check it out because like the whole video just has this like swagger and confidence to it that just gets me excited it gets me fired up yeah and i've seen prado live before she's amazing cool yeah i'd love to see her see her live sometime yeah i was gonna yeah man that's that's my picks dude Hell yeah. Uh, and I guess I'll, I'll wrap things up with mine. <laughs> and I'll admit, with, with my international single, part of it was I was literally looking at my, my Spotify metrics and I was like flipping through. I'm like, okay, well, no, those are songs from my band and I've only got the most plays on those because I've been, just been listening back to them while I practice bass. <laughs> so uh, the, the one that popped up was uh, a, uh, an 070 Shake song from that, that album that I talk quite a quite a bit about it's my favorite song on the record it's called rocket ship and okay it names fitting because it's kind of what that forward upward momentum is really what you feel like when you when you listen to the song it's very druggy in a euphoric way it's a very euphoric song which is really beautiful and nice cool okay i'll i'll one um yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm yeah. I'm pumped. Oh, I, I want to bring up one more song, though, because it was sure. my number 
number one played song on Spotify. So I guess it's my international release, uh, number one single. And that is The Flaming Lips. They have a song called Flowers of Neptune 6. Is that off and the latest one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's an incredible song. Like, If you want to go on just a bit of a journey, like it, just the way that they write it, the dynamics of it, the the verse into the pre-chorus and then into a proper chorus, just it's a pound that it gets me excited to, to be alive. That whole record was a international release that I could have mentioned as an honorable mention. Cause man, it's pretty wild that a band that's been together for almost 40 years can put out something like that and go like, yep, we've still got plenty of gas in the tank. We've got still got plenty of things to say as, as artists and as musicians. Yeah, good for them. They're they're killing it. Another band that I just hope I can just see again when we're when you know artists are allowed to allowed to tour. Yeah, for sure. It'll happen. It'll it be back. It will. This isn't this won't last forever even though it feels like it sometimes. Plenty of time. Yep. Well, we've yeah, it's, it's, Sorry, what were you going to say, Justice? Oh, nothing. It's coming. It's it's coming to an end. As is our podcast. Yes, <laughs> and we've we've talked a lot, though. Man, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun. Honestly, I love uh, love. You know, I I get so. I'm sure you get this as well. You get so caught up in what you listen to, you just want to find out what other people are listening listening to. Yeah, I'm excited to look at this playlist and actually listen to your songs if you make a, a spotify playlist of what we've gone over um i'd love to listen to your picks and also share some of these picks uh with um some folks who i guess follow my music thanks for listening i'm your host james olson pacific sound radio is produced by mark lingelbach you can check us out on facebook at pacific sound radio Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Media, our website is PacificSoundRadio.com, and wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, there are a few different ways you can support it. You can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. You can share this podcast on your social media, and you can recommend the show in person from a safe social distance your friends family and co-workers if you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show let us know fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com 